Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am here with a full cast of characters here. We got Mike Valverde, Evan Hoovler is back. Welcome back, Evan, and Walker Kelly. Uh, Evan, how's your day going? Hey, I'm so glad to be back. It's going to be going a lot better because I like this podcast. I'd like to uh, I'd like to paraphrase my favorite. I have, I'm talking about, as you can see, my life's a little hectic. I apologize for any background <laughs> noise. Um, I'd like to paraphrase my favorite stand-up comic, Reggie Watts. Um, they say reality is an illusion, and to, but today, my reality feels really real. So I guess good job to the people who are in charge of that. Yeah, the the simulation is is working out for you today. Uh, uh, Walker, how are you doing? How you you did uh, some driving today, I guess. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, two and a half hours in the morning, and then I played thirty six holes of disc golf, and then I drove another hour, and it's just been a long. I mean, it's been a it's been a good day, but it's been long. I'll try to bring the energy as best I can here. Well, you're always up on the energy, Walker. You're never subdued and just calm. You're always very excitable. <laughs> Mike, how are I you? I care doing? about a lot of things too much. <laughs> Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, it's Friday. I'm ready to go. And it's, let's do it. And it's actually Friday this time. It's actually Friday this time. <laughs> I nailed it. I nailed it. Hell yeah. That's right. So, um... So yes, this week's episode, what we're going to be doing this week is last week we did round one through five busts. Uh, you can find that in our Patreon feed. This week is going to be round six through ten value picks or upside picks, kind of guys that we think are slipping a little bit that uh, could solidify the, sort of the middle part of your roster. Next week we'll be on the Patreon feed with rounds 11 plus busts. Or, I'm sorry, sleepers, not busts. It's hard to bust that late. We'll be back with round 11 plus sleepers that'll be on the patreon feed next week and then the week after we'll be back in the main feed with joe pisa pia we'll be talking guys we're excited about for 2021 so it'll be a, a full house again i have joe's uh, black book right here the 2021 fantasy black book it came yesterday i gotta read cover to cover this bad boy before it gets here so i can grill him on everything um so I'm very excited about that. Um, and then we mi- I missed the Twitch this week because um, of the holiday. And then my week just kind of got set on its back foot. But I'll be back next week. Mock Draft Monday. Uh, we'll be doing another uh, mock draft on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash football absurdity. And that will be at um, probably 1 p.m. Pacific. That seems like a good time that works. Um, if you want to check us out on Twitter, I am at Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. Mike is R-F-L Red Zone. Walker is Big Daddy Dricks. Uh, Evan is at Evan Hoovler. The website is fballabsurdity. If you want to join the discussion, it's tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity um, for our Discord. We do have a new patron. Welcome in, Jonathan Lipka. Hello, welcome in. And I was thinking about something today. We used to advertise the Discord and the Patreon being like, you will get an exclusive uh, Patreon-only channel where you can ask instant advice. But the Discord is too good and nobody uses that channel. Like all the people in Discord are too smart, too good, you know, like uh, you know, Carl, Brian, Earthpoke, everybody in there. Uh Zachy, we mentioned him. They're too smart at football. So the I realize that there's no point to this uh uh members only Discord channel. Just get into the Discord. There's a lot of good discussion in there, a lot of good questions you can get answered. So um I was just thinking about that today because it was like, oh, it's almost better to ask a question in the in the in the main 
feed of the discord because you get so many good answers and so many variable answers and and uh you know like you get evan saying bet on yourself that was the mantra of last year evan do we have a mantra for the discord this year uh get on in here because everyone's having to oh how about we now have cooking photo contests oh yes that's cooking photo mantra. that's my mantra <laughs> you, you want to talk about the cooking photo the cooking photo contest i just got back into the discord this week mine wasn't working so i'm, I'm a little behind the times I don't know what made, the correlation. Oh, what's up? Go for it. Oh, I was just say I made pancakes. What was it? Tuesday. I should have put those in there, but I forgot. Yeah, take a photo. Every month we do nominees, and the panel of judges votes, and the winner gets a bottle of homemade hot sauce from my kitchen. Uh, this year's yeah. winner was just this month's winner was just announced today. Uh, Jules who's probably our best cook, which is a, a very sought-after title because everyone's really good. Jules made a Dutch baby with kumquat maple syrup. No, kumquat syrup. Huh. Yeah. It's so, fu- yeah, it's so I'll, funny. I'll... Go ahead, Walker. Uh, I was just saying, I'll go ham on one of those. Yeah, that sounds really good. So, All right, let's. Uh, that's enough about the Discord. Uh, it's a lot of fun in there um let's talk let's talk football that's why we're here we're talking here to talk fantasy football so um we're gonna start off the episode like we start off every episode now with pick your poison so uh the theme this week is high adp sophomore running backs so these guys are all going in round two these guys are all sophomore running backs and they all have a question mark with them so my pick your poison this week is Antonio Gibson, who's dealing with turf toe. We were talking about it before the episode. We've got DeAndre Swift, who Anthony Lynn can't shut up about how much work Jamal Williams is going to get. And then we've got Cam Akers, who we've got a new quarterback. We've got, uh, you know, Daryl Henderson, when he was healthy, got a bunch of touches last year. So those are question marks there as well. So between Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, three very talented sophomore running backs. Where are we going? Mike, we'll start with you. I think the best option here is Cam Akers because he doesn't have much of a challenge in front of him. Neither does DeAndre Swift. But to me, Cam Akers is a better runner than DeAndre Swift. Swift is a better receiver. Mm-hmm. So I like Akers uh, much more. Uh, and I wouldn't say much more. They're all like kind of the same same area for me. But if I had to pick one of the three, I'm going to go with the guy who has less roadblocks in front of him, and that's Cam Akers. He does have kind of a, a, a cleared path to production because, uh, um, like, it's Daryl Henderson and then Jake Funk. Like, it's not a very deep depth chart there in L.A. Walker, what are you thinking for your poison? Uh, give me the give me my lion. I'll, I'll take I'll take Swift here. Um, him and Acres would be close. Uh, I'll I'll be a tiny bit lower on Gibson than probably a lot of people just because that turf toes an injury that lingers. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, I don't really want to be rostering a guy as like a high end RB two who is going to be playing at eighty percent all year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really I think they're both going to have solid seasons. Um, I, I just I give the slight nod to Swift because he will catch more passes and do more with the passes that he catches. Um, Akers isn't really a route runner at all. He just kind of leaks out and has decent hands, whereas Swift can run routes, make people miss in the open field a little bit better. Um, you know, I, Akers could end up ahead because of touchdown volume, but 
I also think that Daryl Henderson is a pretty good football player. Like I, mm-hmm. I would say that Henderson will cut into Acres about a similar amount as Williams will cut into Swift. You know, I'm not buying that Anthony Lynn's actually going to give Jamal Williams like 45% of the work. Like he's 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 not being specific about it. He's just like I like Jamal Williams. He will play. Yeah, so, he's he. It feels like he's just like pumping up the new guy on the team to be yeah. like. And and it's Anthony Lynn. The, it, it, it Jamal Williams could get 14 touches a game. DeAndre Swift could still get 18, 19 touches a game because that's how an Anthony Lynn offense works. It's yeah, just they, how he operates. So I'm not yeah, worried and, either. And Swift is the best or second best skill player on the offense, and then Williams is probably third. So they're just gonna be involved a lot because we don't really have any good receivers, or at least proven to be good receivers. Yeah, there's a lot of potential in the wide receiver core, but not a lot of like banked production for, from the wide right. receivers there. So, um, so all right, Evan, Akers, Swift, and Antonio Gibson, where where are you looking? And are you going to well, say whichever see, whichever guy goes for the cheapest? Oh, not this time. I <laughs> see why you picked these guys. They have very similar levels of talent, very similar points in their careers. So give me the one that's on a team that best utilizes talent. Um, Detroit's coach came out this week and said they were thinking of signing Todd Gurley. No knock on on Swift, but I can't trust my fantasy faith to a team that's thinking of signing Todd, Todd Gurley and saying that. Why would you admit that? Did uh, you say Cod Gurley? Todd Gurley. It's a fish now. Um, <laughs> give me the team that got Jared Goff MVP votes. That's a team that can maximize the levels of players. That So I'm, 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 I'm higher on Acres. I'm higher on Acres. Okay, so um, I'm with Walker. I'm going DeAndre Swift. Um, we're all, I guess, th- this turf toe. It it is the sort of thing that lingers. I tried to throw a chaos grenade onto Twitter, but nobody jumped on it because turf toe ended Patrick Willis's career, and I just sent sent that out after the Antonio Gibson turf toe news happened, but nobody bit on it. But it is a scary injury. Um, it's tough to do, and it it sounds silly, but once you learn like what it actually is, you're like, oh, I see why that's difficult for running backs and, and, you know, shifty wide receivers to, to, to deal with. So I, I have a mantra and it comes from an old 49ers clip, uh, same old, sorry, ass Rams. They're going to find a way to screw this up. They're going to find a way to screw up this cam makers gift that fell into their lap. They're going to give Daryl Henderson 160 carries this year or something stupid and blow this up. So I'm going to go with Deandre Swift because one, I believe in an, in an Anthony Lynn um, offense for the running backs. Two, Dan Campbell watched Alvin Kamara be a monster down south. And, you know, I, I, I'm not saying DeAndre Swift is Alvin Kamara, but I'm saying he can do a lot of the same things. And three, uh, I'll go with the guy whose uh, head coach uh, put on a racing helmet this week because I am starting to like your head coach, Walker. I am starting to really like Dan Campbell. He's a He's a weirdo. I like him. Yeah, Dan Campbell is the right type of weirdo where he's like not afraid to just embrace the fact that he's a big football glue. Yeah, exactly. And he um yeah, that's exactly what he is. Like he with the like biting kneecaps thing and the like coming out wearing the helmet and being like, Well, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm pretty excited about uh about this race. And it's like I'm like I said, if he's Jim Tom Sula but good at being a football coach, football head coach, I will be so happy to have Dan Campbell back in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, before we get into the round six through ten value picks, um, so Evan, is uh, Antonio Gibson third for everybody? Um, I would. 
Yes. Yes. No. Oh. Oh, spice. It's flowing. I, 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 as of right now, I, we were talking before the, we started recording. I have faith and optimism. So I'm not going to take too much away from Antonio Gibson because of this turf toe stuff but right now. But it, ask me again in August. If we're still talking about Antonio Gibson's turf toe in August, yes. Talking about it the first week of June, I, I'm going to have faith. You know, I'll, I'll have faith that the process will work. Because that, that turf toe happened, I want to say, at the end of November. So we are... What's that? Okay, seven months out now. And then he's still got three months till the season, so he's about two-thirds of the way through the thing, the recovery. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And there's ways you can get around turf toe. Not 100%, but you can have, like, plates in your shoes and stuff. But I just believe in Antonio Gibson more than Cam Akers is what it comes down to. So, so for the turf drop. Go ahead, Evan, uh, Mike. Oh, go for it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> We're all talking at once. Um, so if it wasn't for the turf toe, would you have taken uh, Antonio Gibson over DeAndre Swift? No. Okay. Um, Swift would still be higher, but Gibson would be closer. Gotcha. Yeah. So like, um, like these guys are all, I would say probably like running. I, I got to finish my projections, but I would have to guess somewhere between like running back like 13 and 18 for me. Um, so they're all in that like back end RB one, high end RB two sort of range, and that's sort of a fluid range for me right now because I haven't locked down my projections. So gun, gun, like if we did a draft, gun to my head, and I had to choose between Swift and Gibson, I would go Swift, but I wouldn't fault somebody who went Gibson. If somebody went Acres there, I'd kind of scratch my head without the turf toe. Gibson stock dropped about. Uh, 20% overnight in auctions from early 50s to somewhere between 39 to 43. So that's a good little tidbit for auction drafters. So Evan, let's transition to that. So you're the auction guru. Uh, we are added in the fancy black book says industry leading auction advice. And that's all you no pressure. They can sue us for um, uh, what's it called? False advertising. If you're not industry leading on auctions. So Evan, what are your early impressions of auction? Because auction values just started to go up on Yahoo and stuff. Yeah, but I just did my annual, one of our most popular articles, uh, my annual action values chart and barbecue strategy article. Um, we've been kind of previewing on this podcast uh, what's going to happen for, for all season, where we're saying, hey, this year we're trying to figure out what running backs to leave out of our first round. It's so packed. Whereas last year we were rounding out the first round by going, I don't know, Joe Mixon maybe? I hate that. Miles there's, Sanders, I guess? There's a lot more yeah. guys in the top the top 10, the top 20. There's a lot more value after a, after a booming crop of rookie running backs. So people are putting um, um, more capital into that. As a result, the key component to my strategy, a wide receiver uh, two dropping to a steal for maybe 50% of listed value is happening way higher. Last year, it was around wide receiver 21, like the DJ Moores. This year, this year? Uh, and, and these are auctions with humans. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of bot misinformation out there. In auction with mm -hmm. the humans, Julio Jones is the cliff. Julio oh. Jones is where it starts to tank. Yeah. So that that's a that last year it was wide receiver 21. This year it's wide receiver 14. So people are putting their money into running backs and making it up by getting not just one, but sometimes two or three uh, uh, discount bargain bin $10 wide receiver twos who are somewhere within the 12 to 30 range. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is if the the this would be barbecue 3.0 if that's going to have um like get two of these guys cuz cuz yep. it seems like their class has grown. Yep, it just dropped on the site 30 minutes ago. Get to, it used to be get two guys you love, wide receivers or running backs. Now it's get two running backs you love, two first round running backs. Make it up by getting uh, filling your filling your all your wide receiver slots with guys who drop for a bargain. Okay, um, so that did not automatically post to Twitter. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to post that right now while we're talking about it. And um, yeah, so uh, any other information that you've gleaned that you want to talk about, or is it the big is the big revelation the wide receivers? That's the big revelation, and that you really got to put that capital into running backs because if you go and you get that wide receiver for like 45 50 dollars you then will end up uh, really hurting in your running back two slot because you'll be needing to spend 115 130 to get a wide receiver a running back one and a decent running back two so yeah that's the big one there's lots of little changes in there and i'll be going over them you know over the next a few months but that's that's the that's the one i sat there in bed going can i come out and say this i need to test this over and over again because this is large do you have uh, figures in front of you, like comprehensive figures? Have 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 you like have you had enough drafts to have comprehensive figures? Because I have a couple of value questions. I have my own figures, and Yahoo this week dropped their uh, uh, human-based uh, uh, stats. So yeah, I got it. All. This is why we did it. I did it this year uh, or this week because I'm like, okay, I finally have enough data to reliably put out a thing that's not driven by bot stats. Yeah, what do okay. you want to know? I have three questions for you. One. Lamar Jackson value, and and is he the top quarterback? I assume he is. Or is it Patrick Mahomes? Uh, he is the th- – uh, in terms of uh, – and I'm doing this all in terms of average salary, not projected salary. Projected salary is what each individual site puts their chart out for. Uh, he's third, and a dramatic third. Huh. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is first, average salary 39. Josh Allen, second, average salary 21. Lamar Jackson, third, average salary 9 bucks. Ho, <laughs> He gets nominated at the time when people have blown all that money on the top 20 players, and and there's less, there's even less this year. So these cliffs that we see every year, they're even more prominent, and they're even sooner. Wow. So I'm gonna be sweeping Woo. up a lot of Lamar Jackson then if it's eight or nine bucks. Uh, second yeah. question, Kyle Pitts. How much is Kyle Pitts going for? I've done. Let me see. I have 17 auctions I've done here. He usually goes for right around 12. There's usually two people. Who like him? Uh, the average salary Yahoo list is five, so they probably have more data than I. However, every time I bid him, it seems like, and this might actually be because I nominate him early because I'm really interested to see if there's two people at the table who want to go yard on Kyle Pitts. So if you nominate him early, twelve bucks. If you nominate him in tempo, like when he comes up at the top of the list, it looks like five bucks. Okay. And then my third question is, how much is Chris? Like Christian McCaffrey sets the market. How much is Christian McCaffrey going for? Christian McCaffrey is going, and these are, uh, let's see, pick a, pick a number of teams in the league, and I'll tell you. Uh, we'll go 12. 12. He goes for about 75. Wow. Uh, Derek Henry goes for less than a dollar fewer, though. Oh, okay, that, so they're 1A, 1B. The love I get, but the, yeah, the Derek Henry being like practically the same value is what fascinates me. Mm, okay. Uh, Mike Walker, do either of you guys have an auction question for Evan before we move on to round six through ten values? 
I'm I'm totally shocked about Derek Henry's value. That just yeah. tells me that a lot of people don't understand that he had 700 carries in the last two years and going by his name only, which this is one of the reasons why I get so frustrated with ADP, regardless of it's, you know, fantasy, redraft, auction, dynasty. There's so many people that influence this market with just a lack of knowledge that it twists and turns these guys' ADP. So I, I'm I wonder if it's like COVID. I wonder if it's like isolation frustration that's making people pull the trigger because other guys, Dalvin Cook's going for an average of 64. Saquon Barkley, 63. Kamara, 62. Taylor, 61. Those guys are the same as, as Henry in my book, except they're $10 less. Just wait. Like, you don't have to get the yep. second guy off the board. Yeah. Uh, we, we were in Reaction Ranch to launch an auction with all humans today, thanks to our awesome Discord. And one person spent $148 getting CMC and Derrick Henry first two people nominated. And we're like, what, <laughs> what the hell, dude? What are you doing? Like, chill, man. There, it's it's June, man. You got time to wait. That's like I used to – I stopped doing mock drafts for a few years because somebody logged in, drafted Tim Tebow in the first round, and then logged out. And I was like, okay, well, nobody's taking this seriously. I don't have to take oh, this oh, seriously. Oh, that's back. Oh, yeah. back. Tim Tebow for 187. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Tim Tebow's back. I forgot. Um, all right, Walker, you got any questions for Evan, or are we ready to move on to uh, value picks? No, I, I don't know anything about auctions, so I'm clueless. All right, sounds good. Evan, Evan will learn you. Read the barbecue strategies. Um, I'll link to 3.0 in this episode. It's up on footballabsurdity.com. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, they're they're great every year. Um, I used to argue with Evan about uh, auction draft strategy, and then Evan, I don't know if you noticed, but I stopped. Because well, I, I don't know if you realized... noticed, but you won our experts league auction <laughs> twice in a row. So I don't know. The feeling's mutual, man. Like... <laughs> All right. So why? Okay. So let's go ahead. Let's shift gears to talking about um, uh, standard snake redraft leagues. So what we've done is again, we usually like to use fantasy pros because it's an aggregate, but they don't have their 2021 ADP up yet. So we're using fantasy football calculator, 12 team half PPR uh, average draft position. And and last week, like I said in the Patreon feed, we looked about rounds one through five and the busts in those rounds that we thought. And we're going to go ahead and do the same thing, round six through ten, but we're going to talk value picks. So the way that we did it last time, and Evan, I didn't clue you in on this, is we go round by round. I said, okay, round six, does anybody have somebody to talk about? And then we'll we'll go round by round. So there's no, like, round robin bouncing around thing. We'll go round by round. So, um, so let's go ahead. Let's start with round six. And um, by ADP, uh, we did remove rookies. That's one thing I have to notice. We did remove rookies because Najee Harris had like around nine ADP. Kyle Pitts was round 10. Those were obvious. If those guys are there in round nine and round 10, you pull the trigger. Those are obvious. But um, these are, yeah, round six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 veterans. So round six, the guys in this round are Chase Edmonds, DJ Moore, Russell Wilson, Chase Claypool, Odo Beckham, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Davis, DJ Chark, Damian Harris, wrong, Leonard Fournette, and David Johnson. So does anybody have a round six value pick that they wanted to talk about? Nobody? I kind of like the running backs here. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll hop in then. I'll start. I will start. So there is a running back going in this round who last season averaged 0.79 half PPR fantasy points per touch. Um, and this was uh, I, I filtered this by 10 touches per game so that I wouldn't I, you know, get rid of the like Antonio Williams type guys. 
That's the same as a David Montgomery. That's ahead of Miles Gaskin, James Robinson, Raheem Mostert, who had 120 touches. And in those 120 touches, he had uh, an 80-yard touchdown and a 76-yard touchdown. More than CEH, more than Josh Jacobs, more than Zeke Elliott, more than Joe Mixon, more than Cam Akers. He's going, he switched teams this year to a coach who gave Derrick Henry 700 touches in the last two years. His competition is Quadri Allison, Corderell Patterson, and Javian Hawkins. He is going to get lots of touches, and he scores lots of fantasy points with said touches. I'm talking about Mike Davis. I have fully come around on the Mike Davis train if he's in the sixth round. 6'10", the end of the sixth round. Arguably, you could get him in the seventh round if you wanted to. If you are going zero RB and you don't have Mike Davis on your team at this price, you are doing you're you're screwing up because nobody's taking that job from him. He is a new player. He is way different than he was um, in San Francisco, in uh, Seattle, or and uh, in Chicago last year. Something clicked for him, and he got a lot of opportunity, but he also produced with that opportunity. And there's this whole like, oh, he averaged like 3.9 yards per carry. Christian McCaffrey averaged 3.8 yards per carry last year. So on the same team running behind the same line, yards per carry isn't everything, but if you're going to tell me Mike Davis had 3.8 yards per carry last year, that was more than Christian McCaffrey had on the same team. So round six, Mike Davis, I'm every single time in round six, because the the thing about the rest of this round is it's like, um, it's too early to, to take a quarterback for me. A lot of these wide receivers, one of them is going to fall into round seven. It's kind of a tier. Starts with like Chase Claypool goes through uh, arguably Cortland Sutton. So I can wait on the the wide receiver. Um, and then it's like Damian Harris is a wasted picker. Leonard Fournette might be a wasted pick. David Johnson's going to be a mess. Mike Davis kind of feels like a great value here in round six. Just going off of like, I just started looking at the numbers and I was like, Jesus Christ. He's... Better than people think, and that's why he's in round six, and that's why he's a value pick for me. So, I mean, he... I, I think you're right with Mike Davis there. I'm just something in me tells me they're going to bring someone who's who's a banger, and so just I, some anybody it doesn't really matter who it is because Mike Davis doesn't really fit this this offensive system at all. Uh, he's not a gap runner, so when you're trying to put mold Mike Davis into a Derrick Henry type you're it's not working so I yeah I mean I I don't know right now who it's going to be but anybody that that is they had a list of names I read a list of names somewhere forget what it was but I'm like yeah he fits there he fits there he fits there I I don't see Mike Davis owning this backfield but I could be be wrong all right until I'm proven wrong I can't say that's the case but I just I just see that happening it's a gut feeling, but without that happening, then I agree with you. So uh, here's the here's the list of on spot track the top available running backs. Todd Gurley, they just had Todd Gurley. They 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 just yeah, lived that experience. They don't want him. Duke right. Johnson doesn't fit what you're talking about. Right. T.J. Yeldon just spent like three yeah. years in Buffalo being inactive behind uh, Jags. He's a map. He's a map breeder. He's not. Yeah. Gonna... Yeah. Dion Lewis. No. Chris Thompson? No. Shady? No. AP? 36-year-old AP? Maybe. Maybe. Frank Gore? Maybe. Alf? No, probably not. Yeah. Lev Bell? 
Well, you would think you would think that Lev Bell would have something less because the dude fell off a cliff the last two years, but I don't know if he does. So yeah, would, you know. And then we got, and then we just got never was, you know, I would say has been, but never was. Tyler Irvin, DeAndre Washington, Snorris Perry, Kenyon Bar- Barner, Ito Smith, De- De- Deonta Foreman, Suo Oloni Lua, we've never heard of. I don't know who like, there's no maybe Deonta Foreman. If he can stay healthy, would be a nice acquisition. Maybe, but Deonta Foreman, I mean, he has, he's just like, he's just bounced around and just been bad everywhere. Like, he's 25 already. I wish I had the list in front of me. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it, there's really no, no reason to bait you because it's like arguing players that aren't there. But yeah, exactly. It, it's, yeah. I, I get, I get, so I get this, like, what you're saying because I hear it. I've heard it all offseason about Miles Gaskin, too. But the pool of players has dried up where that could happen. That's my point. Is it's like, they're especially with the Falcons, they're not bringing Todd Gurley back. They're yeah. just not going to do it. They, they, they buried Todd Gurley at the end of the year last year. I don't think Todd Gurley would come back to the Falcons. So it's like, you know, in March, when free agency was going, I'd be like, okay, you know, we'll see how this plays out. But now... I mean, we've run out of players unless it's like, I mean, arguably Quadri Allison is kind of a hammer, but he's not very good. Right. So, you know, I, 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 I just, I just don't know who's coming for this job. That's the thing. And, and, you oh, know, now I remember one, uh, I think Sony Michelle was one that was an option. Oh, uh, if he got cut. Yeah. I think these uh, are all players that were, could be free agents. Yeah. But, but I Sony think Michelle I is Sony bad. Michelle being an option. And I'm like, okay, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he's bad too. So. Yeah, he's yeah. not he's not great. Yeah, and when when you we're down to like guys getting cut from teams because they're losing out snaps to Damian Harris. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> like next on is next on this list at six ten. Yeah. So um. So okay. So that's Mike Davis. That's my guy. Um. Does anybody have a round seven guy they want to talk about? I do not. You do not, Mike. Evan? Why is Jalen Hurts going... I'm sorry. I did the Damian Harris thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just got shocked by it. Uh, I'll take... I'll, I'll go for some Najee Harris. I, oh, I, wait. Najee, he's not supposed yeah. to be on this list, Evan. Sorry. Oh, that's no right. Rookies. That's right. That's right. No okay, cool, 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 cool. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Noah Fant is pretty good. He might mm-hmm. make it where... He might make it in the widening... In the widening middle-class chasm of tight ends, he might make it to the halves and not be have not. Yeah, I mean he's he's in the upper half of the blob as you know as we've taken to call it. So I'll risk a seventh rounder for that positional advantage. What what wide receiver number would Cortland Sutton be at eighty? Oh, you know what? I had that up. Let me do that. I forgot to put that in the notes. So um, I I almost had I almost picked Sutton for one of mine. Uh, He's wide receiver 33, I believe, in ADP, and I have him projected as wide receiver 25, I think. Yes, 33 is correct. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely value there. Yeah, I think anything above wide receiver 24, I'd be, you know, starting at wide receiver 25, I'm shopping for Cortland Sutton. All he needs to do is stay healthy, uh, which Mm -hmm. sounds like a huge task for this guy because. He hasn't been healthy in what three years now. So, but well, he was healthy his second season. 
was he? Yeah, yeah 2019, he played all 16 games. Yeah, he played all year, and he was good. Yeah, I mean, if he just does, if he does 2019 again, then smash. He's it. gonna, yeah, he's gonna be like wide receiver 20. Yeah, if not more. So yeah, any anything above 24, I'm shopping Sutton. So at 80, it would definitely be uh, someone that I, yeah, hit on for sure. Yeah, and Sutton's an interesting case because if you guys remember back to 2019, the narrative around Cortland Sutton was like, he was really good to start the year. Like, he was super efficient. And people were going, oh my God, what if he becomes the alpha? What if they get rid of Emmanuel Sanders? And then that happened. And then Cortland Sutton basically did the same thing for the second half of the year. So people were like, oh, you know, we, our expectations were too high and he didn't meet our expectations. So kind of devalued Cortland Sutton a little bit. And then he got hurt. So I think people forgot how good Cortland Sutton is. So, Mike, that's a great pick. So well, that's uh, unanimous. Sorry? Just throwing that in. It's unanimous. That guy is way too low. I was I was looking at him in auctions where he goes for a dollar. And I'm like, well, this guy's kind of good. And with bad quarterbacks, even. A dollar? Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Okay, shoot. I, I guess I'm going to have a lot of uh, Lamar Jackson and Cortland Sutton in my uh, auction, in my salary cap drafts. All right, Walker, do you have a round eight guy? You have not had a guy yet. I do have a round eight guy, yes. All right, who is your round eight guy? Brandon Cooks. Ah, yes. Brandon Cooks was going to be my guy, but then I was like, uh, somebody else will probably take him. So let's talk about Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is outstanding at football. Um, he's also going as wide receiver 35 in ADP, and I will jump on a receiver who is that good at football going as a low-end wide receiver three. I don't care if I'm throwing in the ball. He's going to get his. Like mm-hmm. he's, if, if he plays most of the season, which honestly I was out on him last year because I thought the, the multiple concussions were too scary for me, and then he went and played like 15 games and balled out. So... He's just good. I mean, the dude produces no matter where he is, no matter who's throwing in the ball. He always gets, he always puts up his stats. He's one of the most consistent guys. He's not going to be flashy. He's not going to, you know, he's going to make a couple big plays here and there, but he's going to eat in the middle of the field. He's going to eat on those short routes. He's too slippery. He's too fast. He's too good of a route runner. And it, like I said, if he plays, you know, 14 or 15 out of 17 games, there's no way. He's anywhere near wide receiver 35. Mm-hmm. I have him projected as wide receiver 23. And that's with, like, I think four or five touchdowns for the whole season. So, you know, I I don't understand why he's going so low. Like, I, I, I guess it's just, like, I think half the fantasy industry has just said, I'm not taking any Texans no matter what because the franchise is dysfunctional. Well, the Lions were dysfunctional last year, and DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson and Marvin Jones were all super productive. So you can find good fantasy players in terrible situations, and they're always going to be at a discount. Brandon Cooks is extremely good at football, and he's going at a preposterously low price because he's on a bad team. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody likes him. I mean, not even the NFL teams that he's played for have liked him. So I think that that's one of the reasons why fantasy owners so kind of sour on him because mm-hmm. it's like, well, not even uh, teams that, that like this guy. I mean, he's what he's played on like four different teams in five years or six years or something like. Well, like. 
like Jeff said before in a couple episodes ago, I feel like Mo, he he's just I feel like Cooks has been bad luck. You know, mm-hmm. he New Orleans traded him because they got a godfather offer for him from the Rams. The Rams traded him because they decided that they were going to pay Woods and Cup, and Cooks was there for the cap casualty. Oh, we lost. Yeah, we lost hey, Walker. We lost because, you there for a second. What was that? Uh, where did you lose me? Uh, cap casualty. Oh, yeah. So he's a cap, essentially a cap casualty in L.A. because they extended two other receivers. Then he goes to New England, has one really good year, and then Tom Brady leaves, and they go to a run-first offense. So they, so he's surplus to requirements now. So they trade him to Houston. He has one good season in Houston. And now Houston's entire franchise has gone up the flames. So I don't exactly see what Brandon Cooks has done wrong. He has, what, 4,000-yard seasons, maybe 5,000-yard seasons. Five of I his last think... six years, 1,100 yards or more. Right. Like, he's essentially – he's been essentially the same guy as Mike Evans. And every year, everyone's like, you can't, you can't forget about Mike Evans in that mid – you know, in that high to mid tier wide receiver two range, like 13 to 16. But then you talk about Brandon cooks and it's like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want him. He's, he's been on too many teams. It's like, well, the dude has, what more does he have to do? Does he have to have 1500 yards for people to, to trust him? Like he's, he's proven that he's really good. I don't, I I don't know. Yeah. It's every, I Go just ahead, have sorry. a good feeling that, you know, with him going wide receiver 35, I mean, I can get him in like the seventh round and I'm going to, and I can get my wide receiver three that I'm going to play every week pretty much in the seventh round. And therefore I can prioritize getting a top four quarterback or I can prioritize getting one of the top three tight ends. And I'm going to have a more well-balanced roster because people are completely ignoring one of the 15 or 20 best wide receivers in the league just because he's Tyrod Taylor's going to be throwing in the ball. I mean, we keep inventing reasons as a community to not like Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Oh, it's Tyrod Taylor throwing the ball. Last year it was, I'm worried about his concussions. Take Will Fuller over him. I was like, have you seen Will Fuller's career? Like, what are... Like, um, and then the year before it was, oh, too many mouths to feed. And then it was, oh, uh, you know, he gets traded too much. It's like we keep inventing reasons to not like Brandon Cooks. And like I said, 1,100 yards, five of the last six seasons. He's had a 50-yard reception every single season of his career. Last year, he was top 20 in targets, air yards, deep targets, yards after catch, completed air yards, and yards per target, which kind of rolls up everything else. He's good. And Even he if he's... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, even if he's not top 20 good, he's not top 36 bad. You know, even with Tyrod Taylor, if he takes a step back, he, this is still a great value for him in round eight. So, Mike, what were you saying? Yeah, uh, I, I was in the, the thing when you brought up concussions, uh, people think that he's had this long history of missing ball games and he's, I think he's missed three in his career or something that effect. So he's healthy every year as well. It's I think what maybe it could be is that he's never had that season where he's caught like 15 touchdowns or has had, you know, like 100 
25 receptions or just had that season where he just completely dominated everybody else. So mm-hmm. he gets shuffled among the crew. I mean, like, look at, like, Randall Cobb, his teammate. Cobb had, like, what, one and a half seasons of, of good ball? <laughs> like and, six years ago? <laughs> yeah, six years ago. And he's still, like, talked about, you know? So it's, it's yeah, I just think it's that's what it is. It's that he just hasn't had that explosive year. But he there's just no way he's, he's around eight value. It, that's just ridiculous when you're talking about someone as consistent as Brandon Cooks. Yeah, it's it's year in, year out. Doesn't matter who's throwing him the football. And here's one last point before we get move on to the next guy. Who on this depth chart is coming for targets? Andre Roberts, <laughs> Randall Cobb, Isaiah Coulter, Kiki QT, Nico Collins, maybe? Uh, Nico Collins is actually decent, but he yeah, needs work. So yeah. and that that coaching staff isn't going to get him the the work he needs. Yeah. And if so Tyrod Taylor's throwing the ball, forget about it because it's him. Q T will be sort of productive for PPR in the four games he plays. Yeah. And well, he'll right. he'll he'll miss. What'll happen is he'll be like three targets, four targets, eleven targets, nine targets, thirteen targets, four targets, five. It's like he'll just have like three games where all of a sudden he has a ton he'll, of targets for, for no reason. Yeah. Basically, it's like whenever any whenever everyone else is inactive or whenever. Like, basically, when Randall Cobb is inactive or when the Texans are down by three touchdowns, QT will be super productive. And then in the other 12 games of the season, he'll do nothing. Yeah, he'll fulgum. He's full. He, you know, guys, we called it fulgaming. It really started with Kiki QT. Like, that's who we should have named it after. But then even Q- the tight ends. Jordan Aikens, Farrell Brown, Kahali Waring, Kahal, no. Kahal, no, Brevin Jordan. Kahal, Ricky, no. K- Kahali Waring syndrome. Yeah, Holly Warning syndrome. Uh, tight end who gets picked in tight end gets picked on day two is athletic, and everyone goes absolutely nuts. So even though most of them don't have any idea how to play football, yeah, they're just they're just big, strong, beefy guys who can knock people over. Like that's what that's yeah. what they're at. Yeah, yeah, that's um, gonna be that's gonna be next year. Watch this year, nobody's excited about him, but watch, you watch next year. Tommy Tremble is going to be a big hype train guy, even though he's in a, on a team who doesn't use the tight end and he can't catch the football at all. Yeah, <laughs> there's. Still, I I heard Tremble's a Tommy hype in my dynasty leagues. I tell you that right now. I heard a Tommy Tremble hype thing today. So when I work, I listen to podcasts, and one of the things I was I, I listen to the CBS Fantasy Football podcast still because said it before, I'll say it again. I'll follow Jamie Eisenberg to the ends of the earth. Um, and they got a listener email that was like sneaky dynasty play Tommy Tremble. And everybody's like, he never did anything in college. He's a rot. Like, what are you doing? Like he's 21. He never did anything in college. And I think it was Dave Richard said, well, you like a guy who breaks out young, but he has, he never broke out. So I don't know like what, what we're doing here. Like it's all projection with Tommy Tremble. And I love Tommy Tremble as a real football player, not as a fantasy asset. Yeah, exactly, because he can't he can't catch the ball. I mean, he had more drops um, than he had receptions. So that that's all I need to hear about that dude. Yeah. So um, so okay. Um, so that was round eight. Uh, Mike, do you have a round eight guy you want to talk about? Uh, no. I mean, I like Matt Stafford a lot, but again, I don't know exactly where the quarterback, what number he is. Uh, I think he's, he's someone, I wish he could run because, man, if he could run, he'd probably finish in the top seven this year, but I like him anywhere between QB 
seven and ten with all those weapons he's going to have. He's going to be so excited. He's going to be like a little kid in a playground. Um, he's QB twelve, by the way. Yeah, I don't. I, I think he finishes above that, uh, but I don't know how much of a value that's going to be at QB ten. So yeah. I think I think uh, Brandon Cooks is the winner in this round. Okay. Somebody say uh, uh, Matthew Stafford. I did. Walker's like, let's go. He's like unfurls yeah. his list of Matthew Stafford stuff. You don't like Matthew Stafford in L.A.? No, no he I loves love, Matthew Stafford. I love Matthew Stafford. I will always oh. – Matthew Stafford will always be my favorite player. I now have two Matthew Stafford jerseys, one Lions and one Rams. Um, but I honestly completely agree with your appraisal of him. Uh, he's going QB 12. I have him QB 10. Like, I think he will probably beat that draft, uh, you know, that, that ADP, but not by enough to consider him, like, a big-time value. Yeah, it's he, not like a couple years ago where he was consistently going like QB like 15, 16, 17 and was just smashing. Because, like because yeah, games. because he played on the Lions, he yeah. was going as like a mid-tier QB2 and he finished as a low-end QB1 every season. Now everyone's going to value him where he should have been valued his entire career because he's playing yeah. with a competent team. He's going to throw more touchdowns too this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I could see an event in an uh, event where like Brady gets hurt because he's old and like. You know, a couple of the other guys at the fringe QB1 area have down more down seasons than we think, and he finishes, like, QB7, because you know he's not going to miss any games. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's one of the toughest dudes in the league. So, uh, you know, I, I could see him finishing as maybe a mid-tier QB1 if things break the right way, but in, even in that case, he wouldn't be a super, like, high points-per-game scorer. Um, so, you know... I, we we don't need to talk about Matt Stafford anymore. Okay. I hope I don't jinx him again like I did last year because I was all over him last year too, and uh, yeah, that didn't work out too well. Um. So all right. Um. Evan, do you have a round eight guy that you that you uh wanted that you think is a great value, or should we move on to round nine? I can knock this out real quick. I'm on a fence about Devontae Parker. Uh, whether or not I like them because I feel like it's an actual good investment there, or if it's because I want that narrative to happen because it means Tua got good and Devontae finally broke out that one year. So I don't know. I can't put my money in my mouth with Devontae Parker. Evan, Devontae Parker is. Go ahead. Are you the one making fart noises? Yes. <laughs> That, that is not my children. <laughs> Evan, Devontae Parker is entering his seventh season, and he has one year of over 800 yards. Yeah, but after that year, they got him Tua. So I want it to happen. And then everyone's happy in Miami, and they all get over their, their Adam Gase trauma together. Okay. And they heal. Who would you spend $2 on, Brandon Cooks or Devontae Parker? Neither, but I would spend a dollar on Brandon Cooks. I would not spend a dollar on Devontae. I, I, I'm... On the fence about whether I would spend a dollar about Devontae Parker, which is damning enough a statement as it is. Yeah, I mean, that's so Walker, you weren't here last year. Evan's highest praise of a mid to late round guy he could give oh, I was know is I'd buy him for a dollar. Yeah, I'd throw a dollar at him. Yeah, like uh, like yeah. the guy from Robocop. I'd buy that for a dollar. Both um, of the players we just named, as well as Cortland Sutton, are averaging $1.2 on Yahoo. Jeez. I, okay. would, I would buy. Uh, I'm I'm obviously not the auction dude. I would buy Brandon Cooks and Cortland Sutton for two dollars. Ooh, look at this guy. $2. We've got a we've got a bidding war on our hands here. I am, I'd buy it for three. So uh -oh. I get, uh, I I'm out. I'm out. I can't do it. Too risky. I only have I, I only have two dollars like Patrick Starr. 
I think I listed my chart as three or four dollars because they're the kind of guys you really want to be able to bench around if you have a 15 bucks or a bench. You know, guys, you're like, eh, I can fill in with this guy and maybe they'll flip out, you know? So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little, I'm even a little higher on them than that. All right, I'll, t- I'll take the, I'll take the round eight free space here. Who's the, who's the number one wide receiver value year in and year out? Jarvis Marvin. Landry. Jarvis Landry. Mike got it. Mike got it. Jarvis Landry. Uh, um, yeah. uh, Jarvis he, Landry at ADP is, yeah. It's free money every yeah. year. He's wide receiver 38 right now. Um, he's missed one game in seven years. He has 100 targets at least in every single year of his career. His yard per target last year was higher than CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, Chase Claypool. Uh, number 15 in targets per game over the last two years. Uh, he... There are 11 wide receivers who have gotten 90 targets in each of the last two years with yards per target over eight. So he is in high company there. He does. I'm not saying he's a top 12 wide receiver. I'm saying he will smash value because he always smashes value. That's why I called him the free space. Well, I, I disagree with you on this one. Why is that? We saw what he what he did with with Odell Beckham in the lineup. He didn't really come on until Beckham went down with an injury. And now they brought in even more weapons. So it's – I like Jarvis Landry an awful lot. I just don't Ooh. see him catching more than 70-something passes, 73 passes. Who's the weapon? Schwartz? That, he's a completely different player. Schwartz is a speed guy. He's like – Yeah, a, he's a deep threat. So who else did they bring in? Uh, they ha- Well, they have Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones is another three uh, – Rashard Higgins. It's, it's not really like uh, – um, Anthony Schwartz in the third round. That's what we we talked about. Short. I mentioned Schwartz, but he's a completely different type of player. He's also not good. <laughs> well, that's that's Look, that's one type he, of player that he's different. He's going to stretch the defense, and so would Donovan yeah. People Jones, and so will Odell Beckham. And they like to go deep, especially on their play action passes. But what I'm saying is that even though those guys outside of Odell Beckham are average, um, you know, at best probably, we'll see what People's Jones turns out to be, but. Even those guys are average. They're all going to get attention. And Jarvis Landry was doing, I mean, he was catching, what, like three or four passes a game before Odell Beckham went down. I mean, he he did not look like the 80-plus catch guy he was all the way up until last season. And I just don't see him catching more than 70-something passes. So I I think that narrative is, is changing now. Do you want the 2019 and 2020 numbers with and without Odell or just 2020? Because I have them right here. The 2020 numbers without Odell. 2020 without Odell. Uh, With Odell, four receptions for 52 yards per game. Without Odell, five catches for 59 yards per game. Okay. So not... Caught caught one more dump off her game. Yeah, not appreciably different. So Uh, I'm, I'm more on Mike's side on this one. Um, I Landry is yeah he is usually a, a great value I will totally agree with that I guess I'm kind of just on the it's better to be out on a player a year early than a year late and I just I know it's not really a quantitative argument but it just seems like he's wearing down a little bit it, it seems like he's not as efficient as he used to be he drops a lot more passes than he used to he's not as crisp in his route running as he used to be. They have a absolute glut of dudes who catch short passes. They're not going to throw the ball that much. 
you know, I, I just, could he beat wide receiver 38? Yeah, I mean, sure. But I don't foresee him having a lot of, like, super usable weeks. Like, he's just not going to blow up. He's he's going to, you know, best case scenario, he has, like, 80 for 950 and four touchdowns. And he's a flex guy. And then if you look at last year's numbers, his big games came without, with, with Odell Beckham being on the injured list. He did not, I don't think he had a big game at all until Odell Beckham went, went down with injury. Uh, you guys keep talking because I can just cut all this out. So you guys keep slandering Jarvis Landry and I'll just do whatever I want with the final product. <laughs> I'm being, I'm, I'm, I'm being quiet because I'm saying what, let's see, I'm trying to figure this out. So, uh, when did Odell Beckham get hurt? That was week, like week five. Let's see. He played seven games last year. So, oh, um, right. week at, we'll say, I think it's week eight. And then they had yeah, the, week, week eight, non. Yeah, they had the monsoon games, and then he had 143 yards, 62 yards, but 52, 61. So he had a lot more. He had more receptions. Like his his high point of the season was without Odell Beckham. Mike's right there. But his number two game was with like there's no like one was without Beckham, two was with Beckham, three without, four with, five without, six with. You see what I'm see what I'm getting at here? It's like there's no. It's just, you know, he had his big games when he had his big games. And Walker, you screwed me because you gave me something I cannot look up, which is his routes aren't as crisp. <laughs> like, I had all these numbers ready to go to refute. And they were like, his routes aren't as good. I was like, I have no way to look that up. <laughs> I cannot do this. Well, so, you remember last year, Jeff? I, we were I watched. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry about that. We were talking about this last year. Remember, we were talking about whether he was going to catch 80 passes or not. And he kept creeping up uh, with Odell Beckham off the field. And we were like, okay, will he do it? Will he do it? And then he had a couple bad games and then that kind of knocked him off. But I don't know yeah, if you that's remember true. that, but we, yeah. we were discussing that. Yeah. He ended up with 72 and, uh, oh, that's right. He caught the COVID game. He had one COVID game. I remember that. And I was like, he could, it was against the jets. I was like, that was his eight target game or his eight catch game. And he couldn't do it. Cause he was on the COVID list. That was my, that experience. wouldn't have been his eight catch game. That would have been my excuse, Walker. Shut up. Alternate <laughs> realities. Brian Poole is actually good in the slot. so I. It would have been his eight-catch game, Walker. Just let me have this, please. Just let me have Eight this. catches for 46 yards. That's the Jarvis Landry experience. <laughs> what do you want? I, I, don't want, I don't want to roster a guy. I don't want to take a guy in the eighth round who's going to give me, at best case scenario, like 14 points. Yeah, you know, he's unless not a, he has... A He's random, a, no, no, and this is where I'm. I'm not. Ta- I'm taking my my safe. I don't know. He doesn't really fit my type of drafting strategy. When I'm taking wide receivers past my top three guys, and I would not take Landry as one of my top three guys. I'm looking for upside <laughs> blow up dude so I can play matchups. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's move on to gentlemen. Wow. Yes. I'm getting on the liquor. You're get- okay. Um, let's go ahead. Let's move on to round nine. Walker, let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I feel no, like he's, he's not one of mine. What? You no, love Ryan. I don't Tannehill. have any quarterbacks. Wow. I okay. do love Ryan Tannehill. He's really good. Okay. So does anybody uh, have a round nine guy that they've, that they've prepped that they want to talk about? I have two. You have two. All right. Walker, you've got the floor. These are your last two guys, huh? Yeah. Yep. All right. Who, uh, who are your two guys in this round? Can you can you guys guess them without me saying anything? 
Uh, let's see. Um, is let's see. JD McKissick's not in this round. Um, you said it wasn't a quarterback. Uh, you sure about that? Round. Oh, he's right there. Okay, I missed him. JD McKissick is one, and then I would have guessed Tannehill, and but I'm gonna say Naheem Hines. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I am the receiving running back guy. This this is what I was honestly. This is a decent segue from talking about Landry because. My safe guys for my bench are always receiving running backs. I'm always way higher on receiving running backs than everyone else. I play mostly PPR, so that contributes. But also, there's always values because they're not sexy players. You know, they get like 70 carries the whole season. And everybody's like, well, I don't want a guy who gets four carries a game and not realizing that they do get six targets a game. Like, it's basically like receiving running backs are the players that you should be targeting not the guys like LaVisca Chenault who are used as like a hybrid running back receiver everybody hypes up those guys and then those guys end up getting like 50 carries and 65 targets in a season and they're completely unusable because you have no idea when they're actually going to be good or not whereas receiving running backs ones that have sizable roles in offenses are super reliable you can throw them in your flex if you don't have a better option they will get you like eight points minimum. They won't kill you. And then if they get in the end zone once or twice, all of a sudden you get a huge game. There's basically no downside and big upside. Uh, J.D. McKissick is, no, he's not going to have as big of a role as he had last season. He was like running back 16 last season. Who cares if he doesn't have as big of a role? He's not going to drop from 16 to running back 41, which is what his AP, ADP is. Like, I mean... It's absolutely ridiculous to think that J.D. McKissick won't be one of the top 36 running backs. You know, he'd have to get hurt, like, you know, he'd have to play less than half the games. I mean, he, he's going to catch about four balls a game. Like, that alone, you know, 60-some 60, 60 catches for 400 yards and a couple touchdowns, that alone is almost value enough to get drafted. And then he will get, you know, five carries a game or so. Um, and then Naheem Hines just, he has a role, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about Sirianni leaving. Reich's going to run the same offense. Uh, you know, the, Taylor's not particularly good at catching the ball. Mac doesn't do that. Um, their tight end depth is still not good. Um, I, they didn't add anybody to the receiving core that's dangerous whatsoever. Um, so I guess unless you think that, you know, I, Unless you think for absolutely no reason that Paris Campbell is suddenly going to have 100 targets this season, then Naeem Hines is going to have the same role, which is he's extremely fast and really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. And he's yeah. going to have three or four 25-point games a season because that's what he does. You know, against teams that are bad, at, it's and it's super predictable because against teams that are bad at covering the running backs, he always blows up. So you just play him then, and you're basically getting a, like weak winner three or four times a year for a ninth round pick or for auction for like a dollar or two. Yeah. And I mean, one dollar. Yes. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So Mike, yeah, uh, $1. I'm trying to figure out, I'm going through my, I was actually, while you're saying that like, going through all of my mocks and see where he wasn't even drafted. I'll have that information in a minute. Okay. So Mike, uh, Naheem Hines, your team. He is First of all, 
first of all, is Paris Campbell even getting 100 snaps this year, let alone 100 touches? (laughs) Second of all, how do you feel about so? (laughs) Uh, Track record says no. Um, Are you? How do you feel about Walker's? uh, evaluation Nikingham Hines as a guy who's seen him up like you it's your team you everybody knows more about their team than anybody else I don't know my wife might not might know more than I do but um no you're right uh, I, she's not listening you don't have to lie to her <laughs> um I, I, yeah I, he he was really good with Philip Rivers and uh but Philip Rivers is an excellent dump off passer so mm-hmm. that really fit in well he he really didn't do much um, prior to that. So last year was a really explosive year for him. Now, if Carson Wentz can uh, not throw to the ground as many times as he did with Miles Sanders, then I'm going to like it. If not, then uh, Naheem Hines is basically wasted because all he is is a, a, is a reception guy as much as he's not going to like that. I think he went on Twitter or something and demanded – I am not just, you know, a, a gadget. I'm, I'm more than that. I'm a running back, and I'm like, no, uh, Naheem, yeah, you're, you're a gadget guy. <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's best, he's best getting like 80 carries and 80 targets. So that the he coach can to change my usage. Uh, I was gonna, I was yeah, gonna bring up Walker. He's one of like three guys since they started tracking targets to get 80 and 80 his rookie year, and like that's what he's best at. Yeah, yeah, he's. He, I mean, they use him. They use him the way that he should be used, and that's. I. It, I don't know. It just frustrates me that nobody wants to draft receiving running backs because everybody wants to go after Damian Harris or Zach Moss or it's like, go away. Just take the guy who's always productive. Stop chasing something that's never there. But okay, what if what if they score touchdowns? I 100 percent agree with uh, Hines, Walker here. And I just want to say, I went through my most recent seven drafts. That's the most recent mocks where I think it's actually still relevant because things change week to week. Um, guess how many of those seven J.D. McKissick was even bid on, was even nominated? Two. Uh, three. Z-Row. What? Yes. Yeah. And I want, I have a whole piece Evan, of you have this. bids. you have bids in said auction. What are you doing? Usually this by is... then, usually by then I've gotten all my, all my stuff and I'm just moving on to the next mock auction, but, but I will definitely be championing him. Uh, in fact, I, uh, uh, I have a whole thing about this in my, in my article today, the, the auction strategy, uh, uh, under the, how to form a bench. I'm like, look, I have to write a whole new article about this because I've, I, I, I originally did it because, you know, I've been, I think I've only mentioned it here. I have a strategy that seems to have made my teams make the leap from playoff contenders to champions called toolbox bench strategy in auctions. And I'm like, I need to talk about that in depth. And I'm realizing here and now looking at this, there is a whole world of waiting longer to get a very quality bench where you're like, look, let me just sit and go have a snack. And when I come back and I bid $1 on JD McKissick and $1 on, on, uh, on, uh, Sutton and $1 on Cooks and $1 on, on Devontae Parker, you can't take it back, Jeff. I, you can make a whole universe of a bench. Like there's, there's a lot to be said for how quickly the money is drying up this year as opposed to most years, and also how underutilized as Walker and all you are arguing how underutilized these, 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 these players that have maybe not field a strong field presence but a very important utility on a fantasy bench are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's let's close. The, so Naheem Hines, Walker, you mentioned, uh, I think it was you who mentioned the Philip Rivers of it all, getting him all the targets. 
I would just like to toot my horn really quick before we move on. I wrote this last summer. Throughout his career, the number one pass catching back for Phillip Rivers gets about 14.1% of the targets. That's propelled the fantasy value of PPR backs like Danny Woodhead and Darren Sproles. Last year, Naheem Hines had a 14.4% target share. So pretty much nailed it. So um, I, also, I also would like to say, uh, just as a one, one little aside, uh, you're, y'all remember Carson Wentz's best throw last year? Fade to Boston Scott to be the Giants. Oh, yeah, that's right. Naheem Hines you... is Boston Scott, but twice as good. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a lot better than Boston Scott. He um, he is the right. same, like, phenotype, though. He's the same, but, like... Yeah, same guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, fa- he's faster, a better route runner. See, And that's the thing, like, Wentz isn't going to have to thread passes to Hines because Hines just toasts dudes. Mm-hmm. He's like, he can like, he actually runs good routes. Like he, yeah, like he's yeah. Like those guys. Yeah. He's a great route runner. So, um, Mike, you were going to say something? Um, oh yeah. I was just saying, I was just agreeing with Walker about how Naheem Hines is much better than, than Boston Scott. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's all going to come down to how, how well Carson Wentz can dump the ball off. And if he can do that, then you're going to see, you know, close to 65, 70 receptions. I think. Naheem Hines was third last year in receptions for running back. So, yeah, I could see 65 to 70 catches. And, and again, I also agree with Walker, you know, because this is I agree with Walker show. Um, <laughs> that it's give me, especially in PPR leagues, give me someone like Naheem Hines. Give me someone like J.D. McKissick who's going to catch the ball over someone who's, you know, you're hoping and, and praying for a touchdown from like Damian Harris and from Zach Moss, you know, guys that, you know, you need to get the points because they need to score a touchdown. I'd rather have, you know, one or two points than take a chance on six every three games and that kind of thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. PPR leagues, give me the, give me the nine minds, give me the JD McKiskits over Damian Harris and Zach Moss any day of the week. Yeah. And in five of my seven uh, auctions, uh, he's listed at six bucks. Usually goes for one, but yeah, unlike McKissick, people are, are woke to Hines. I don't want to put my language. People are are aware of Hines. It's it's interesting the discrepancy that happens in each round. Yeah, and and uh, Walker to support uh, Naheem Hines was third in receptions last year among running backs behind Kamara and JD McKissick. Yeah, but, and I mean, yeah, Eckler's going to play more this year, but like, who else is going to? I mean, maybe Swift jumps slightly ahead of Hines, maybe. But, I mean, Hines is pretty much guaranteed to be, like, no worse than sixth among all running backs in mm-hmm. catches. And he's super explosive. So I, there's there's no downside here. If yeah, he doesn't so, perform that, if he doesn't perform that well, guess what? He's going to be, like, RB40, which is where you took him. Yeah, you're not going to lose out. You're not going to lose value on him. So um, it's interesting. So, yeah, Austin Eckler was fifth last year. He probably jumps Hines. But then after that, like... Mike Davis is entering a different system. He was four. David Montgomery is going to lose out to Tree Cohen. He's not going to get as many targets. Chase Edmonds probably is going to stay the same about 70 targets. And then you're into like Zeke, James Robinson, James White, like 60 to 70 target guys. So um, unless those guys boost their efficiency, yeah, Naheem Hines is kind of like plugged in there up at the top. And like the, the only so the only downside is we come back and oh Jonathan Taylor is suddenly really good at catching the football. That's like the only thing you got to keep in mind. But at RB40, take that chance. Take that shot. You know, like you said, worst case scenario, he's RB40, you know, and that's where you drafted him. So, um, so, okay. He's good at catching the ball, but he's not going to catch more than 30 passes. 
Uh, I, I see more like the 20 to 25 range. Well, he's so I, I think I need to clarify when I say good at catching passes. Like, I mean, like an actual receiver, like like we were talking about how Naheem Hines, like he dusts guys. He's good at running routes. Mm-hmm. Taylor has good hands, but he's not a route runner. That's what I mean. Is all of a sudden, uh oh, Jonathan Taylor can run routes now. And then if that happens, the whole league's in trouble. Jonathan Taylor can run routes now. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah I need to clarify, like all of this, because there's like pass catchers and then there's like receivers, if that makes sense. Oh like, yeah. Oh, it yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like there's Jonathan big... Taylor, good pass catcher, not a great receiver. Um, whereas Naheem Hines is a really good receiver. Um, so like I got uh, in a debate last year with, with, I can't remember who it was about, um, how Ronald Jones could catch passes. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like er- every one of us can catch a pass. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, as you mentioned, can he run routes? Can he, you know, is it, is it, you know, a route run where he's looking over his shoulder and making a catch it, that kind of thing? Or is it just three yards and I'm turning around, I'm, I'm running stick routes, you know? Yeah. So it, there's a huge difference. Yeah, if you're on an NFL roster, you should be able to catch a little swing pass or a dump off in the flat. Like, everybody should be able to do that. Like, every single player should be able to catch a ball in, like, a Texas route. Like, every single player. And there's a difference between that and a receiver. So, um, Evan, do you have any of these round nine guys? Because uh, you've talked about Noah Fant, and then uh, you're, you've got two more guys that, if you want to talk about them. Yeah, I got I got, I got, I got. I just want to say it's interesting that uh... – um, Naeem Hines is listed for six because every time I try to evaluate Jonathan Taylor, I type out a number and then I go, oh, wait, Naeem Hines. Nice subtract five from Jonathan Taylor's number. So I'm like, yeah, that's that's Naeem Hines factor. Uh, Jamison Crowder was really usable. It was very unpredictable for me last year. I think I started him in five games in my big money league and they were in four of them. He flipped out. And the rest of the time, I just benched him because he was either injured or I'm like, this is not the right matchup for him. And, I, you know, is uh, Zach Wilson going to be that much worse than what they had before? I don't know. We're getting to the point where I'm like, this, I like these wide receiver flyers. You know? Jameson Crowder might not even be on the Jets. That's the problem. Even yeah. better. Even better. Maybe Jameson. <laughs> oh, no, he'll go to the 31st worst team. That's an improvement. That's true. Evan's got a point there. It's like, where else could he go that's a downgrade from what he was dealing with last year? Yeah. I mean, Crowder. Ooh, oh, wait, Jets. Oh. It, it, it could be, it, it, well, yeah, depending on where he goes. I mean, if he goes to a team that really needs a slot guy, then absolutely. But if he goes to a team that, like the Jets, who already have a slot guy, then it could be a problem. Exactly. And it's that kind of... Uh, High upside, high downside that I'm trying to gamble on in these in these later mid rounds. Mike, yeah. who plays slot for the Colts? Nobody. Wentz to, Wentz to Crowder? Uh, yeah, I mean Crowder would be a great great option for for uh, the Colts uh, right now. Probably in the slot will be T. Y. Hilton. Uh, but you can move him outside though. Oh yeah, Hilton's yeah. definitely more of an X or a Z than yeah. he is uh, a Y. Um, so yeah, or not even a Y anymore. Y is not a considered a slot anymore. It's the tight end is a Y. So, oh, I, that's, I did not know that, but that was my gut reactions. Like Jamison Crowder gets cut. Where does he go to the Colts are win now they're in their window. They got a cheap running back. They got their, their new quarterback. It doesn't matter that Jamison Crowder is like 30. I think that that's the best fit there. You know, T Y Hilton's last ride. Um, you know, get him out on a playoff appearance. So, um, 
So yeah, Jamison Crowder and 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 Evan, to your point, Jamison Crowder on the Colts all day. I'll take that all day with Carson Wentz dumping him the ball. God yeah. So okay, so we'll move on. Actually, you know what? Let me take a pause on the Colts podcast and let's <laughs> ta- <laughs> uh, Walker didn't talk about him. So I just this isn't one of my guys that I prepared, but I just wanted to dig up a little bit, uh, talk about a little stuff I dug up on Ryan Tannehill this week. So um, I think I mentioned it last time. I've been working on a project where nobody I've never seen anybody do this before, which is shocking, which is what do quarterback rushing stats look like if we take out the kneel downs? Because nobody take everybody just takes the kneel downs as part of the rushing. And there's no rhyme or reason to the number of kneel downs. There's no rhyme or reason to the yards per kneel down. Some guys average like two yards per kneel down because they take they do a little hop step back. Some guys don't lose any yards on a kneel down, which I'm curious how that works. But if you strip out the kneel downs, Ryan Tannehill is one of the most efficient runners in the NFL from, at quarterback. He one out of every five rushes is a touchdown. He's the only quarterback to have a touchdown rushing rate over 12 percent. and He's done it in each of the last two years. He scores touchdowns. He's also one of the most efficient um, yards per carry guys in the NFL uh, at quarterback. So he's going as quarterback 13 off the board. He's not a starter. And if you're if you're waiting till round nine to get a quarterback, you should be laser focused on Ryan Tannehill. Deshaun Watson's also going in this round, but I've made my stance known on Deshaun Watson. I will not have Deshaun Watson on any roster. I'm taking Ryan Tannehill over Matt Ryan. Because Matt Ryan doesn't run. And that's enough for me. I don't care if he has Kyle Pitts. I don't care if he has Calvin Ridley. I don't care if Julio Jones stays and he has those two guys. Pass-only quarterbacks have gotten cast by the wayside. Because you have to get like 5,000, well, at a 16-game pace. Like 5,000 yards or like 40 to 45 touchdowns. So you're throwing a ton and there's a reason why last year the only two quarterbacks didn't rush a lot and ended up in the top 10, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Everybody else ran at least a little bit. Justin Herbert ran a little bit, and he was like the least running guy, but you're talking Kyler, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, um, Dak Prescott when he was healthy. Ryan Tannehill arguably belongs in that class, but his numbers get kind of obscured because one, he doesn't run as much. Two, uh, he kneels down a lot. Three, his name is Ryan Tannehill. And it's not Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott. So I'm not saying he's those guys, but I'm saying he belongs as a slam dunk top 10 guy because of his rushing ability. And I was not, uh, my eyes weren't open to this until I did this quarterback rushing stats thing. And um, you can check that out on the website. And uh, Mike, I know you saw this. Walker, I'm pretty sure you saw this. Evan, I'm not sure you saw this. As an aside, how many negative rushing attempts does Sam Darnold have on his career? I don't know. Zero. He has never it's rushed and lost fun. a yard. It's insane. He, he is he has never lost a, a yard, and neither has Patrick Mahomes rushing. He's uh, Patrick Mahomes has gotten net net zero yards, but he's never lost a, a yard on a rush, at least according to Pro Football Reference. So that's my Ryan Tannehill aside. Great value pick, but he's not the guy that I wanted to talk about. So. Um, so Walker, you're done. You've talked about all, all three of your guys. Mike, who's your third guy you want to talk about? Is he a round nine guy or round ten guy? Uh let's see. Um well, okay, I do have a question about Ryan Tannehill with you. Um sure. I'm gonna go with round ten, uh just because okay. best class. Anyways, um the one thing about Ryan Tannehill right now to me is what is this offense gonna look like? And 
until I really know what that's going to be, then it's like, you know, is he going to throw more, which would be great? Are they going to run more, which would be bad? So I'm, and if Derrick Henry goes down, what's going to happen with Ryan Tannehill? And I'm really expecting Derrick Henry to go down this year. So is that going to kill, you know, Ryan Tannehill's value? I'm just, I, I really like him and I want to like him. I just don't know if I can trust him this year. Well, it's a ninth round pick. I don't know if it's a matter of trust, you know. But what is it? Does he have an upside at all? You know what I mean? If you're going absolutely. to absolutely, like, what's his upside that's any different than what he's done the last two years? Uh, Walker, tell him about the three true outcomes. I I don't want to repeat it because this was kind of your your theory. The three true outcomes for the Titans on the goal line. Oh uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, when they get into like the uh the ten zone. They do, they run three plays. Uh, one, read option. Two, hand the ball to Derrick Henry. Three, toss it to A.J. Brown. It's impossible to stop. Doesn't You can't do anything about it. Derrick Henry's too big and strong and fast. You can't stop him. If you do gear up enough guys on your defense to stop him, Ryan Tannehill's too smart with the read, and he just walks into the end zone and does his dumb little finger roll. And then <laughs> if you gear up to stop both of them in the run, then you're leaving one-on-one on A.J. Brown, and there's not one person in the world who can cover A.J. Brown one-on-one. It You cannot stop them. They don't need to be creative. They were, after Tannehill took over from Mariota in 2019, they were preposterously efficient in the red zone. And everybody, including myself, were like, there's no way they can come anywhere near that. And then last year they were super efficient in the red zone again. It, they, it's, it's their personnel. They don't have to do anything crazy because they have the right players for that area of the field. You just can't stop two dudes who are that big and strong and athletic with a quarterback who's that smart. Okay. And, and Tannehill's not a small guy either. I mean, he's six six four, so no, he's, and he's pretty athletic himself. Yeah. But, but I just don't see the upside. I mean, what you explained to me is what they do. So why would it be any different this year? Where's the upside? Well, he was quarterback seven last year and quarterback 10 in points per game when he took over from Marcus Mariota. Yeah, there you go. Like, okay, he's, so he's he's a he's well, what he's, are what is he at right now at, at round nine? Third quarterback Can 13. Yeah. Okay, well, then then I lose. I have <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, check me. Him. All right, we got him. <laughs> we got him. All right, Woo. there's no way he's a QB 13 at all, uh, exactly. even if Derrick Henry oh, goes no. down. So, no, yeah. They, yeah. yeah I, so, I, no, I don't have nothing to say. Okay. Just, I, I, and Daniel wasn't even my guy. I just thought he was going to be Walker's guy, and I wanted to talk about this rushing stat article that I worked. It's just because I have him 11 because he's, like, just behind Stafford. But, I mean, I they're basically the same. So if you have him, you know, I, I would say Tannehill could be anywhere up to probably eight, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset about it. And if he was any lower than 12, I'd probably have questions. So he's, I would say he's going probably around late here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds about right. So, um, okay. Tannehill aside over Mike, who is your last guy that you wanted to talk about? You said he was around 10 guy. Is it LA Rams defense? Absolutely. Uh Okay. (laughs) Um, Gosh, Kyle Carson Wentz. I like Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Okay. He, you know, I I think Carson. Mike, Wentz, hold on. We said Colts podcast was over. Oh, <laughs> dang it. 
I'm always I'm always off timed. Um, well, I'm I'm opening it back up. I don't care. Okay, fair uh, enough. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I think Carson Wentz is someone that is well. We're looking at what I don't know quarterback fourteen fifteen right now. I, I think that's entirely weak to the low for Car- Carson Wentz. I think he's a top twelve quarterback. Many people think that just because he was a disaster in 2020 means he's a disastrous quarterback and can't can't be a functional quarterback anymore. People forget, uh, and I'm going to be saying this, I don't know how many times, and I've said it over and over and over again already. Frank Wright, Carson Wentz, those were the best times that Carson Wentz had as a quarterback. The offensive line, protecting Carson Wentz, he'll have all the time in the world, uh, can run with the ball. So he, he if things start breaking down, he can take off with it. He has Jonathan Taylor as a running back. He has Naheem Hines he can dump the ball off to. He has solid receivers. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, possible Hall of Famer, we'll see. Um, and T.Y. Hilton, even though he's old, he, the dude is the ghost. Uh, he's he's going to get open many times. So it's like, okay, if if Carson Wentz is a, third, is a third, 14 quarterback, then tell me why. And, and if your only answer is 2020, when that whole team was crap, then I, I can't I can't get behind that. That that's just that's just a bad season. Everybody has bad seasons, so I, I'm going to need something more than just 2020. And until I get something more, which does not exist, then Carson Wentz is a QB 12, if not better, uh, going in for 2021. So round 10, I'm buying every single minute. Yeah, and and to support your point, Mike, uh, what is the best part? like the strongest part of the Colts offense? Probably the offensive line. Correct. Um, Correct. It, I mean, but they got a great, or did you say offense or just as a team? Yeah, I was saying offense. Their, their yeah. best, the best thing the Colts have on offense is an offensive line. The Eagles offensive line was an abject disaster last year. Wentz was getting the ball snapped and immediately running for his life. Like, I haven't dove into the numbers, but I would not be surprised if they put him in shotgun specifically so that he would have, you know, he wouldn't have to worry about stepping back because the line was so bad. So bad. So just get like that. I I watched. That was why Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz could not connect last year because Carson Wentz was lawn darting footballs because he was falling backwards running away from the pass rush because he had no protection. So if they just protect him better, then yeah, Mike, I could see a huge, a big bounce back for Carson Wentz. Not necessarily huge. I don't think he's the player he got drafted to be anymore. But that was what five years ago. We're not worried about that anymore. And and the Colts aren't going to be throwing the ball quite as much as you know they they're going to probably be around fifty five percent just because a why when you have such an offensive line and you have really good running backs, mm-hmm. you know something happens to Jonathan Taylor, you have Marlon Mack. So it, it's they're going to be running the ball quite a bit, and so the volume won't be there for Carson Wentz to be better than a quarterback ten. But I, yeah, I really believe QB ten to QB twelve is is where he should be. Okay, perfect. So uh, Evan, who is your last guy that that, that your your last value pick in this in this uh, area? I don't know. Is there a six foot five hunk of sizzling meat that can run the forty yard dash faster than the average linebacker that will be covering him? I knew it was Dallas. Oh yeah, <laughs> the dude's actually getting respect. He's uh, listed for sixteen dollars in Yahoo, going for an average of five. So the, the, everyone's come around to me on Dallas. So yeah, that's my boy. I'm gonna own him in every league this year. And let I'll, I'll go seventeen. I'll go seventeen. 
Oh, I, I'm not going to own him. I'm going to roster him. Pardon, my, pardon me with my parlance. I got kind of retro there. Uh, it's all right. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a bit here. Yeah. What do you got, Jeff? I'm doing a bit here. Evan, so I've been waiting to be on air with you to propose this trade to you. In our Dynasty League, if I get Kyle Pitts at three and I give you 212 and Dallas Goddard, will you give me 112? It is kind of a bad for next for 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 2021 too. For the dynasty in the next this this draft that's coming up in our dynasty league. It is kind of a down year. What do you give me? 2.12 in Dallas. Yeah, for 112. Throw it out there. Okay, this is can, well I we just can't had literally three shots of 99 proof alcohol, so that's I don't why I'm asking you now. Admit anything like that's why I'm asking you I, now. I don't hate that. All right. Let's 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 uh, and this is contingent on me getting pits at three. Um, let's round this out. You might not get pits at three. I'm I'm wondering. I'm honestly wondering. I'm hoping it's going to be really it's, close. He yeah, just it's went gonna, two. He just went at two. Um, Mike, don't speak it now. into the world. I tried, <laughs> I'm sending out so many vibes. Let me get pits at three. Three weeks ago, I would have been all over that. I would have said, yeah, you, no no problem. He's going at four now. He's yeah. Good luck. Yeah, we'll see. Worst case scenario, I'll end up with, uh, I mean, it's like I'm looking at uh, Najee, Chase, or Pitts. So it's like I can't lose. No, I, can't, really- I, I can't lose there. It's just, no. you know, if I if I get Pitts, I can, you know, get 112 for Goddard and 212. So we'll see. All right, I'm going to round this out with one guy. Uh, so there are three Williamses going in this, in this round. And it's not going to be Damien. No. It's not Jamal. It's Michael Williams. Mike Williams. That Mike Williams. No, not that one. The other one. No, the other other one. 26, <laughs> he's 26 years old. Wide receiver, 49. The last three seasons, he averages 17 yards per reception, 10 yards per target. He gets five targets per game. He's one of, or he got five targets in 10 of 14 games last year. He's ninth in A dot, 13th in unrealized air yards. They don't have Hunter Henry anymore. They replaced him with Jared Cook, who is absolutely washed. Jalen Guyton is his is his competition for targets. Um, Donald like Parham. But do you like? Do, but I do you like, like? What's that? I, I would just like to say Tyron Johnson played quite well last season when he got the chance. Do I think either him or Guyton are going to significantly take a like a bunch of work from Williams as long as Williams stays healthy? No, I don't. But I would just like to say that they are a very solid three and four. They're fine as a three and four, but they're not challenging for two is my point. Uh, probably not. Where yeah, did you that's... say Williams is going as? 49? Wide receiver 49. I have him at 48. <laughs> Haha, see? So you agree that he's a value. I do agree. 49. No, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying here. I mean, I, I don't have him quite as high, but... Uh, his upside and his weak winning potential is definitely worth like a, a ninth round pick or even an eighth. If you're really, if you're feeling bullish, I, I wouldn't question it too much, but yeah, uh, definitely. I, I would say a ninth round pick is perfectly fine for Williams. Uh, and he would be especially good for best ball. I've got yeah. him at wide receiver 50. Oh, uh, Mike, Mike. So you're, you're killing me here. You're disagreeing with me. Rough. I see how it is. Mike thinks he's, Williams. yeah, Mike you think he's a terrible value. I, he poops way too much. I think this is a reaction to, we talked about it before about Cortland Sutton. 
where Cortland Sutton didn't take the step forward that everybody said, thought he would. So we just kind of cast him into this the trash. This is not the same conversation. I'm pushing back. Okay. Can I... Why is it? Why are you disagreeing? Because I wasn't done talk. I wasn't well, done explaining it. That's fair. I did interrupt you, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's, my bad. Okay, he's not Cortland Sutton. Is that okay. where you're going to push back? Yes, because I Mike agree. Williams is about half the player Cortland Sutton is. He's not as good as Cortland Sutton, but the narrative around Mike Williams after his thousand yard year in 2019 was that he's got people were going. He got ten touchdowns in 2018. Yeah, 1,000 yards in 2019. What if he goes through 1,010 in 2020? And he didn't do that, so everybody's like, Mike Williams is trash. And that's why he's wide receiver 49. Cortland Sutton is a much better player, but Cortland Sutton's, what, like four rounds earlier? That's sure. a different conversation. But in the, like, fantasy Twitter and the fantasy community does this a lot where it's like, I expect you to do this, and then if you don't do this, I'm just going to absolutely bury you in the rankings. And I think oh, that's I what's happened with Mike Williams. I would expect Williams to – I mean, I, I I don't think he's a good enough football player to ever have a 1,010 season. Um, his 1,000-yard no. season was super fluky. Like, it, he averaged, like, 20.2 yards a catch that year, which is absurd and never going to be repeatable. Yeah. Um, but he's – you know, he's he's not bad. You know, he's a decent enough number two option for your receiving. And he'll be the number three option because of Eckler. So, you know, it, it – Herbert's a solid deep ball thrower. Um, I I do wonder a little bit how much they're actually going to throw the ball deep with the new offense uh, offensive coordinator coming in. I think the offense will be a little bit more conservative, but I think Herbert's good enough to get in the ball at least at a reasonably consistent you know uh, rate. I guess uh, I would I would expect him to catch three, three and a half balls a game. So in like the 50 to 55 catch range, and he'll probably average 15 to 17 yards a catch. So that'll be like 55 for 806 touchdowns or something. So yeah, I mean, he's on a good matchup. He's a good, he's a solid flex play. And on a bad matchup, you sit him on the bench. So for a 10th round pick, that's solid. Yeah. So, that's 50 50 guy out there. You guys keep, yeah. you guys are getting me coming and going. I take an upside guy. You guys tell me he stinks. I take a safe guy. You tell me he stinks. Just draft my teams for me. Okay. I take Whoa. I take I, I take I mean, Landry, you're like fair. he has no upside. I take Mike Williams, you're like he has too much downside. It's like come on. Well, guys. to be fair, I, I did whip your ass in the mock draft, so how dare you? Got him. How dare you? Well, in the mock draft, I went, oh, I don't like this team. Like, yeah, how you, <laughs> you immediately were, you immediately like, like this all over your trash. own team. Yeah, I did not like that team. And that's what mock drafts are for. I'm not. I did a yeah. mock auction today where I got graded as Yahoo is a C and oh. Ken Shamrock, who's really good, got graded as an A plus. And I'm like, I had four straight 100 out of 100 from you, Yahoo. What? Happened. You need to email me personally when you change the algorithm, okay? Because this is not good for my brand. <laughs> that reminds me of last year when they changed the the draft room, and so draft room drives ADP on most sites because people just look at the board and take you know the next the guy in the next ten picks they want. And so I, I had a I had a strategy that got completely blown up. Remember, I was I was always my uh, Cream Hunt, Stefan Diggs, and I think it was Rojo triple tap. That got blown up. Mike Kosicki in the ninth got blown up. 
And so, yeah, they changed the algorithm. They change it on us. And we're like, what? no, you got to tell me ahead of time so I can be prepared for this. So, all right. So let's see. I think that's everybody's gotten their three guys in. So I, I had, think it's very clear at this point that Yahoo is listening to this podcast and going, oh, we messed up. Dude, Matt <laughs> Harmon. Matt Harmon. Give me a heads up, buddy. All right. So perception, um, perception, more like absurdity perception. Got him. He's going to he just threw his headphones down. He's like, son <laughs> of a... Um, so, all right. Uh, so, we'll just... I'll just go through the guys again. So, I had Mike Davis um, in the sixth round, Jarvis Landry in the eighth round, and Mike Williams in the tenth round is my value, guys. Mike had Cortland Sutton, who's a seventh round pick, um, Matthew Stafford, who's an eighth round pick, and Carson Wentz, who is a tenth round pick. Uh, Walker had Brandon Cooks, um, which I'm co-signing. All right, Brandon Cooks was a guy I wanted to talk about in that round, uh, eighth round. Um, J.D. McKissick and Naheem Hines, who are both ninth round picks. Walker, I forgot to ask you. Ninth round, you're on the yeah. clock. McKissick and Hines are available. Who are you taking? McKissick. McKissick. Okay, oh. there you go. I, I saw your tweet. Oh. I'm going to have a lot of J.D. McKissick this year. You're wrong. I, wrong, I sir. Will take, <laughs> I, will, I will take McKissick because I believe that his role is – slightly bigger and more consistent. I think Hines is the better football player, but uh, McKissick has a very stable section of that offense, whereas Hines's role will fluctuate week to week more. Um, but honestly, it could depend on team construction because if I've already got some safe options and I need like a blow-up guy on the bench, I'll go with Hines because he's the type of guy who, despite being a receiving running back, will have 25-point games, whereas McKissick... You know, last season he had a couple of those games, but I wouldn't expect that. I'd expect McKissick's going to have, like, if he plays 17 games, McKissick's going to have, like, 11 games where he scores nine points, and he's going to have six games where he scores 15 points, and that's going to be his season. Mike, your rebuttal? My rebuttal is he's wrong. Okay, fair enough. All right. So, uh, Evan. I can't can't really argue with that, so. uh, (laughs) <laughs> so uh, Walker's guys, Cooks, JDM, and Naeem Mines. Evan n- went with Noah Fant in the seventh. Jamison Crowder, who's his boy in – where was Crowder? I lost him here. Uh, uh, Crowder I... was the ninth. Yeah, Crowder was in the ninth. And then his his other boy, Dallas Goddard, in the tenth. Who And uh, Diff had massive amounts of flatulence about Devontae Parker that I think correct. he might need to see a doctor over. Incorrect. Yeah, it's called Dr. Bad Devontae Farter. Devontae farter we'll leave it at that thank you for listening to this episode of the football Absurdity podcast we will be back next week in the patreon feed with our round 11 plus sleepers and we will be back in this feed two weeks from today with joe pisapia fantasy football black book fantasy pros very excited about that so for evan and walker and mike this is jeff thanks for listening take care and you have a good one Bye.